The first talk is called The Tradition of the Mantra. This is part one. I've often found, when talking about meditation, that it is the non-Christian, even the person with no religion, who first understands what meditation is about. To many ordinary churchgoers, and many priests, monks, and sisters, the mantra seems at first a suspiciously newfangled technique of prayer, or like some exotic trick method, or like some kind of therapy that may help you to relax, but has no claim to be called Christian. This is a desperately sad state of affairs. So many Christians have lost touch with their own tradition of prayer. We no longer benefit, as we should, from the wisdom and experienced counsel of the great masters of prayer. All these masters have agreed that in prayer it is not we ourselves who are taking the initiative. We are not talking to God. We are listening to his word within us. We are not looking for him. It is he who has found us. Walter Hilton expressed it very simply in the 14th century. He wrote, You yourself do nothing. You simply allow him to work in your soul. The advice of St. Teresa was in tune with this. She reminds us that all we can do in prayer is to dispose ourselves. The rest is in the power of the Spirit who leads us. The language in which we express our spiritual experience changes. The reality of the Spirit does not change. So it is not enough to read the masters of prayer. We have to be able to apply the criterion of our own experience, limited though it may be, in order to see the same reality shining through different testimonies. For example, what Hilton and St. Teresa are showing us is the same experience of prayer as that which led St. Paul to write that we do not even know how to pray, but the Spirit prays within us. What this means, in the language of our own day, is that before we can pray, we have first to become still, to concentrate. Only then can we enter into a loving awareness of the Spirit of Jesus within our heart. Now many Christians would still say at this point, very well, but this is for saints, for specialists in prayer as if stillness and silence were not universal elements of the human spirit. This type of obstinate false humility is based on a plain unawareness of who St. Paul was writing to in Rome and Corinth and Ephesus. He was not writing to specialists, to Carmelites and Carthusians, but to husbands, wives, butchers and bakers. And it shows, too, an unawareness of the specific teaching on prayer by later masters. St. Teresa of Avila, for example, was of the opinion that if you were serious about prayer, you would be led into what she called the prayer of quiet within a relatively short time, six months or a year. Abbot Marmion saw the first years in a visit in the monastery as being designed to lead at the end of it to what he called contemplative prayer. 
St. John of the Cross said that the principal sign of your readiness for silence in prayer was that your discursive thinking at the time of prayer was becoming evidently a distraction and counterproductive. There is a kind of self-important, posing humility that makes us stand aloof from the call of the redemptive love of Jesus. Very often we are reluctant to admit that we are the sick and sinful Jesus came to heal. And very often we prefer our self-protecting isolation to the risk of our face-to-face -face encounter with the other in the silence of our own vulnerability. In meditation, we turn the searchlight of consciousness off ourselves, and that means off a self-centered analysis of our own unworthiness. If memories of past actions keep coming between you and God, says the author of The Cloud of Unknowing, you are resolutely to step over them because of your deep love for God. In prayer, we come to a deeper awareness of God in Christ. Our way is the way of silence. The way to silence is the way of the mantra.